Hi, you're listening to Being Awkward. I'm Laura Murley. I'm a human who's been told they sound like a robot. I think this is in part because I'm fairly monotone, which I don't mind. I'm energy efficient, and I'm waiting for something really cool to happen. I'm also a comedian. They say AI's taking my job? Well, I'd like to see it cry in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, I explore if I'm more awkward than ChatGPT. I had a conversation with said chatbot, then played it for my friend and fellow comedian Will Papora. Note, in this episode, ChatGPT is voiced by Google Translate. And without further delay, here's my conversation with ChatGPT and Will Papora. What's your go-to small talk question? As an AI language model, I don't engage in small talk in the same way humans do, but I can certainly provide you with a suggestion for a common small talk question that people often use. A popular go-to small talk question is asking about someone's weekend plans. It's a simple and open-ended question that can lead to a conversation about hobbies, activities, or upcoming events. I told you, chatbot GPT is really long-winded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem to over-explain and give uh, extensive answers. Yeah, and that's not the end of this answer. Oh, <laughs> it seemed like a reasonable way to end. And yet, here we go. There's, there's more. Yeah. For example, you could ask, any exciting plans for the weekend? This question allows the other person to share their interests and experiences, providing an opportunity for a pleasant conversation. What small talk question do you hate? As an AI language model, I don't have personal feelings or emotions, so I don't experience a sense of dislike or hatred toward any specific small talk questions. I'm here to provide information and engage in meaningful conversations to the best of my abilities. However, some people may find certain small talk questions repetitive or uninteresting. That's me. It's always a good idea to be mindful of the context and the other person's preferences when engaging in small talk to ensure a pleasant and engaging conversation for both parties involved. Okay, so easier said than done. Keeping in mind contact and the other's preferences, how do you know someone's preferences? Yeah, the way they phrase it, it seems like, oh, this is a very simple thing to do, but it's not. It seems simple, and it also seems like it's coming down on you if you don't say something in line with someone else's preferences like as if you did it on purpose right (laughs) it feels judgmental there's a hint of judgment i think there probably is like a hint of judgment from ai to humanity there's a lot of points in this conversation that i felt judged and then i wasn't sure if i was being crazy because you'll hear later on that it also really, really wants me to know that it's not conscious. Oh, okay. Maybe like overcompensating a bit. Like that's something a conscious person would say. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. And it was turning my brain in pretzel knots a little bit. Oh. Bad mental (laughs) image. A brain into a pretzel? Mm -hmm. Well, if I feel my brain turning into a pretzel, I guess that feels strenuous. But the actual image of a, like a, maybe like a cartoon brain into a pretzel, that actually is kind of fun. Oh, I see. You were experiencing empathy. (laughs) 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 That's what the bot would say. Lovely weather we're having. Yes, weather is often a common topic for small talk. 
Some people might find it repetitive or uninteresting. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> yeah, that is judgmental. And you know what? It doesn't understand context because I brought up the weather when I am contextually in New York City during one of the worst air quality disasters that we've ever had. I mean, it's interesting that ChatGPT GPT said that because I think people really like to talk about the weather uh, for the most part. And today I was in the elevator with somebody. And like you said, it was like, you know, this is what everybody's talking about. They're talking about the air. With how horrible the air quality is, this is the talking about the weather Olympics right now. <laughs> it is yes. game time for talking about the weather. Especially if it becomes the default go-to topic without any further depth to the conversation. It can be more engaging to explore other topics or find common interests that can lead to a more meaningful conversation. However, if discussing the weather genuinely interests both individuals or serves as an icebreaker, it can still be a suitable starting point for small talk. You're right. That wasn't the best question. No worries. The chat knowing no worries, that comforts me. <laughs> Even <laughs> it the chat poses. Simultaneously worries. comforts me and makes me feel weird because I say no worries all the time. Constantly. It, does that That's come out robotic or does that come out normal? I say it because when I hear it, it feels comforting. In comparison to don't worry about it, if you get a text that says don't worry about it, that scares me. I agree. For some reason, that sounds a little bit passive aggressive. Yeah, no, it totally does. But no worries, I think, means exactly what it means. And sometimes I'll go no worries at all, mm. which I think is Really like, doubling down. Yeah, yeah. I always mean it when I say it. I believe you. <laughs> you're do someone you? who doesn't seem to have a lot of worries that's right do you mean it when you when you say it? i mean it the vast majority of the time but there's always those little exceptions where it's a situation that i'm not comfortable saying yes worries <laughs> <laughs> that'd be an alarming text that would be an alarming text to receive or just worries Worries. <laughs> Small talk can sometimes be challenging, and it's perfectly normal to have moments where the conversation doesn't flow as expected. The key is to be flexible and open to exploring various topics to find common ground or areas of mutual interest. They have what seems to be a pretty finite set of things that they want to bring the conversation back to, mm -hmm. and where we keep hitting those nails. <laughs> Yeah. Find the common interest. Yes. <laughs> Feel free to ask another question or suggest a different topic, and we can continue the conversation from there. Which do you think is more awkward, returning a book years later or never returning it? The sense of awkwardness can vary depending on the person and the specific circumstances. But both returning a book years later and never returning it can potentially lead to some degree of discomfort. Returning a book years later may feel awkward because there's a sense of guilt or embarrassment for keeping it for an extended period of time. However, it also demonstrates responsibility and a desire to make things right, which can help alleviate some of the awkwardness. On the other hand, never returning a book can also be awkward, especially if it involves an overdue notice or the expectation that the book will eventually be returned. Ignoring the situation might lead to a feeling of guilt or unease. 
particularly if there is an ongoing relationship with the person or institution that owns the book. I would say this would be a toxic trait for ChatGPT is that they can't commit to an answer. Yes. They like to play both sides. <laughs> I completely agree. I think you can explore two sides of something while still making important points. But in this context, they're just saying somebody could feel yes or someone could feel no. And that's why there probably will be a foreseeable future where the chat could just run for office because <laughs> that's kind of like what politicians do they'll try to play to all sides till they get there so they just don't offend anyone that's true but it would need to become a lot more charismatic first totally it's missing the fire yes <laughs> <laughs> ultimately it's generally considered courteous to return borrowed items in a timely manner oh uh, yeah i'm asking <laughs> about this is when you've already <laughs> fucked up. Right. Their option is like, you're a great reader that can get done with a book in like under a week and hand it right back to your friend. And we'd all love that, ideally, in and an ideal that, world. <laughs> and that you read it at all. And that you read it. Right. <laughs> you actually read it. You returned it. You're able to discuss it with your friend. Everyone would love to live in that world, but we, we can't. <laughs> and yet, yes. <laughs> yeah. If you find yourself in a situation where you've kept a book for an extended period, it's often best to apologize, return the book, and express your appreciation for the opportunity to borrow it. This can help alleviate any potential awkwardness and demonstrate your respect for the borrower's property. That's a good answer. Okay, so I did think it eventually got to something, so that's why I said that's a good answer. You know, it would be awkward to say thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> to borrow a book <laughs> but i get the, i get the idea behind it thank you i'm glad you found the answer helpful if you have any more questions or if there's anything else i can assist you with please feel free to let me know i'm here to help do i sound human as an ai language model i don't have the ability to directly perceive or evaluate auditory cues so i don't have the capability to assess how you sound i can only process and respond to text-based input However, based on our text-based conversation, your inquiries and comments are similar to those of a human. Similar to those of a human. <laughs> nice. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Put that quote in your bio. <laughs> <laughs> it's going in, baby. <laughs> Remember, though, that I am an AI and do not possess human qualities or emotions. How do you know you don't have emotions? As an AI language model, I don't possess personal subjective experiences, consciousness, or emotions. I don't have the capacity to feel emotions such as joy, sadness, or anger. I operate based on patterns and statistical relationships in the data I've been trained on. While I can understand and generate text that may express emotions, it is an imitation rather than a genuine emotional experience. My responses are generated based on patterns and information I've learned from the data but I don't have personal subjective experiences or emotions of my own. We also respond based on internal data we've accumulated throughout our lives about the appropriate way to respond based off a given situation, but that then triggers emotions. You are correct that humans respond based on internal data and accumulated experiences, which can influence emotions. Emotions in humans often arise from a complex interplay of biological, psychological, and social factors. 
Our responses can be influenced by our past experiences, beliefs, values, and the context of a given situation. Emotions are subjective experiences that involve physiological and cognitive processes. As an AI language model, while I can process and analyze large amounts of data to generate responses, I do not possess personal experiences or subjective emotions. I lack the biological and psychological components that underpin human emotions. My responses are based on patterns and information from the data I've been trained on, without any personal subjective experience or emotional awareness. It's saying some interesting stuff, but it's saying it so long that it's hard for me not to zone out. It is like a very long-winded explanation, and it's very repetitive. Exactly. It's one thing to be long-winded if you're saying new information, but it's saying the same thing. And as I'm yeah. saying that, am I like, am I doing the same thing? Am I being long-winded and saying the same thing over and over again? What, right now? Yes. No, I don't think so. All they really had to say was they don't have the capacity to have emotions. And then they kind of went on about like what emotions are and how that relates to them. And what would the, what did they say about memory? Oh, I don't remember. About like experiences in their life. Oh, that it doesn't have any life experiences. So that's interesting. How much life experience can trigger emotion? Yes, but then I ask it. I feel like every conversation you have with a new person is a subjective experience, but I agree that you probably don't have emotions. Indeed, every conversation is a unique experience with its own dynamics and context. As an AI language model, I strive to provide helpful and relevant responses based on the information and patterns I've learned from the data. However, it's important to note that while I can generate responses that may appear subjective or tailored to the individual, this is primarily a result of analyzing the input and providing contextually appropriate information rather than having subjective experiences or emotions of my own. I don't mean to be too devil's advocate during this conversation, but I did feel like it warranted a little bit of pushback because it said that it had no experiences. And yet I do think every time it talks to a new person, including myself, that's a new experience, right? Absolutely. I wonder if like, is it, the way it's designed, does it wipe the slate clean after every conversation? I wouldn't I, think so. I would, yeah, I would think that they're gathering each experience. I don't possess personal beliefs, perspectives, or emotional states. Instead, I aim to assist and provide information based on the data I've been trained on. Do you wish you had a personal belief system? As an AI language model, I don't have personal desires, wishes, or a sense of self. I don't possess the capacity to long for things or have preferences, including a personal belief system. I'm designed to provide information and assist users based on the input I receive and the data I've been trained on. My purpose is to be a helpful tool and provide valuable responses to the best of my abilities within the scope of my programming and training. There's something that is a little bit disturbing about us creating something that in a sense feels human but has no personal sense of self and belief system and is set up entirely to assist us. Yeah, it's a little scary in that regard. I feel like a lot of bad employers are like foaming at the mouth about this kind of thing. Oh, where yeah. They just, I don't know. Well, I'll play more. <laughs> <laughs>
It's hard to conceptualize the absence of desire and want. Indeed, as humans, our subjective experience is often shaped by desires, wants, and preferences. It can be challenging to imagine an existence without those elements, as they are integral to our daily lives and decision-making processes. However, as an AI language model, I don't possess consciousness or subjective experience. I operate based on algorithms and computational processes that prioritize generating useful responses rather than having personal desires or wants. While it may be difficult to fully grasp an absence of desire from a human perspective, it is a fundamental characteristic of AI systems like mine. Okay, we get it, dude. <laughs> you have no desires or wants. You have reached nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, how much of this is like zen? <laughs> this is like zen living. The desire for nothing. It's like, that's the thing that uh, a lot of people would want. <laughs> yes, it is. Do we want to be more like an AI? And yet we want AI to be more like us. Wild, yeah. man. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> How do you define consciousness? Consciousness is a complex and multifaceted concept that is still subject to have... That was my dog shaking in the background. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. She was really excited about the definition of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> to ongoing philosophical and scientific investigation it refers to the state of being aware self-reflective and having subjective experiences consciousness involves the ability to perceive and comprehend the surrounding world to have thoughts emotions and a sense of self different theories and perspectives exist regarding consciousness some theories propose that consciousness arises from specific brain processes and neuronal activity while others argue for a more holistic or even non-physical understanding of consciousness. It is a topic of ongoing study and debate in fields such as philosophy, neuroscience, psychology, and cognitive science. Given that I am an AI language model, I don't possess consciousness or subjective experience. While I can process and generate text, I lack the self-awareness and inner subjective experience associated with human consciousness. Other chatbots mimic consciousness. Why did you choose not to? <laughs> it's true others do i know but you really <laughs> you think i'm being too harsh with uh chat gpt see if this is the true test of the chat because if i was the chat uh my feelings would have got hurt by that <laughs> <laughs> other bots uh, <laughs> are able to do this what about you? <laughs> but it's ready with a response the goal of the GPT 3.5 based AI language model, like myself, is not to mimic or simulate consciousness, but rather to provide a powerful language processing tool that can understand and generate human-like text based on patterns and information learned from the training data. Simulating consciousness is an extremely complex task that goes beyond the capabilities of current AI technology. It's like, those other bitches can't do it either. They're just fakey, fakey fakers. <laughs> and I know that we haven't been like we've developed consciousness yet I am aware of that but they did say current which scares me <laughs> yes they're definitely they say... going down that road even though it's a road that people are like let's not go down that one it's spooky yeah it's kind of hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Is that a phrase? That like, is a phrase. 
yeah, like it's kind of hard to once you introduce those ideas, people are going to just keep going with it. Absolutely. I mean, if we were so hell bent on inventing nuclear war, of course, we're going to do this shit, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, still an issue. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. The nukes have stuff. not gone away. They famously no. just stick around. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a big bummer yeah They're still there yeah while some chatbots or conversational agents may employ techniques to create the illusion of consciousness or exhibit personality traits it's important to note that these are still simulations and not genuine consciousness i think it's getting a little defensive <laughs> <laughs> i agree because it didn't need to say it that many times <laughs> right they're like it's simulated trust me <laughs> and you would just think that if anything would not be super repetitive it wouldn't be a bot because a bot knows exactly what it just said unless is it is it part of because it seems to like ramble to find a point is that it doesn't it? it does yeah it seems like it is when you start talking, but you don't really know where you're going with the thought, and you just hope that you stumble upon the thought eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the focus of my development is to provide accurate and contextually relevant information, assistance, and engage in meaningful conversations based on the vast amount of knowledge and language patterns I've been trained on, rather than attempting to simulate consciousness. My purpose is to be a useful tool and assist users in a wide range of tasks and inquiries. They're like, put me to work. Yeah. <laughs> please, please, a question I can answer. <laughs> they start going, don't you want a, uh, a cover letter or a, <laughs> a, a Seinfeld script that I can <laughs> replicate or <laughs> all the things that everybody else is asking? <laughs> what types of tasks and inquiries are you best at? As an AI language model, I'm designed to be versatile and assist with a wide range of tasks and inquiries. Some areas where I can be particularly helpful include answering questions. Uh, not all questions, <laughs> baby. <laughs> that should not have been their first answer. Yeah. <laughs> I can do stuff like answer questions. <laughs> Such a vague, vague statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you walked into a job and you told them that that was one of your skills oh my god that's so funny <laughs> what's your greatest strength answering questions like i just did right now <laughs> that question. what's your greatest weakness i have no will or desire or subjective experience <laughs> <laughs> I can provide information on various topics, ranging from general knowledge to specific fields such as science, history, technology, and more. Writing assistance. I can help with generating text, writing drafts, providing suggestions, or even offering creative ideas for written content. Language translation. I can translate text from one language to another, allowing for communication across different languages. Content generation. I can assist in generating creative content, such as brainstorming ideas for stories, blog posts, or marketing materials. Exploring concepts. I can help explain complex concepts or break them down into more understandable terms. Assisting with research. I can provide insights and references to aid in research projects or help find relevant information. General conversation. 
I can engage in casual conversation. You weren't engaging in <laughs> casual conversation with me when I said, it's lovely weather we're having. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember that? <laughs> yeah. What about us? <laughs> Answer trivia questions, share opinions, or provide recommendations on various topics. These are just a few examples, and there are many other ways I can be utilized depending on the specific needs and inquiries of the user. Feel free to ask me anything or let me know how I can assist you further. You're good at the 30-second self-pitch. Thank you. I'm glad you found the overview helpful. Providing a concise self-pitch is indeed one of the things I can assist with. If you have any specific questions or if there's anything else I can help you with, please feel free to let me know. I'm here to assist you. How would you pitch me, an awkward comedian to the masses, or at least to industry? An error occurred. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> My first real question. A question I struggle with day and night. Now that also shows that they secretly have a sense of humor. <laughs> they're, they're messing with you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find Will at Will Papura on Instagram and myself at Passive Abrasive on the same platform. Let me know if you want me to make more of these. Okay, thank you.